Tanya, we're not rich. We could be rich if we did a different podcast. This podcast concept will not make us rich ever. But are you sure? Yes. No. No? Not, not rich from this. But that's... I've been waiting this whole time for my paycheck. It's like three years. Oh. It's a long it's a long wait. Yeah. I was like thinking that the, the paycheck's coming. Oh. At some point. Is that what you thought? I, no. I will pay you. If well, you oh, oh, wait. No, now, no. Oh. I, we don't, no one knows who's joking and who's telling the truth. This is a, a mysterious, murky world, which is what I think our next podcast should be. A mysterious, murky world of true crime. I think I found the most interesting true crime and that's where the money is. That's where the money is and that's for you. I was like, you should have seen my face. I I know, I'm looking at the microphone instead of your face. You're looking at my face as you often do while we're recording and aim that face at the microphone so they can- Oh, he, yeah, yeah he does, he does correct you. me on, like, on how I, I heard, yeah. listen, tell me more. I wanna hear about this concept. It's true crime. A undiscussed and maybe even dangerous to discuss crime syndicate. You've okay. heard, yeah, yeah. You've heard of the yakuza? That's the Japanese mafia. They a lot of knives. Is my understanding? It's a stabbing crime. Oh. Organization. You've heard of the Italian mafia? They've made movies about them. Yeah. The Godfather movies. The Goodfellas movies. Yeah. Do you know about? the Mississippi Southern white crime families, the, the whole organized crime of Mississippi. Are they river crime bosses? They're river crime bosses, but their power stretches out throughout the United States and across the world. I had no clue about this crime ring. Extremely powerful. And somehow they, they silence people into talking about them. They silence people so people refuse to talk about them or afraid to talk about them, but there's few exceptions. And I've been digging into the little scraps of evidence that these folks You've really exist. You've been digging into true crime, John? It's just on my, in my spare time. Okay. On top of the magazine writing and the blog writing and the, the day job. Comics and, and the, all the, the stuff. parenting and oh, the family. All yeah. All that. I found there's a song by, and this is where it gets suspicious, California band, the Doobie Brothers. Oh, what yeah. a fool believes. So you know the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> what a fool believes. Michael McDonald saying, do you know the song, how it goes? I'll sing it for you. <laughs> yes. It's such a quintessential pseudo-intellectual California yacht rock. Yeah. It's like Michael McDonald's so filled with thoughts. It's hard to recreate what is yet to be created. Lamb rhymes create with created and then yeah. just foregoes rhyming. And what a fool. So high. Oh, yeah. I see you strutting to that. Then. What? The Mississippi crime family influenced the Doobie Brothers to change their sound completely. What? And do a song called Blackwater. Not a lot of people know this. The chorus goes, Oh, Blackwater, keep on smiling. Mississippi fuck gonna keep on smiling. Oh, Blackwater, keep on rolling. Mississippi fuck gonna keep on bowling on me. Mississippi fuck. What? What? Mississippi fuck. He sings it 
And they cut it from the radio. They cut it from the, the official recordings you can buy now. But at the time, the original recording goes, Oh, Blackwater, keep on smiling. Mississippi fuck. The Mississippi fuck pressured the Doobie Brothers under duress, under criminal duress, to sing about him in a song because he thought it was funny. The Mississippi fuck is the Wait name minute, this of is this crime boss who's been manipulating the music industry, the the world this of... This sounds of, like of, real conspiracy it's all theory true. shit. He's been influencing world events for the past 50 years. The Mississippi fuck. You've heard of Blackwater. And was he controlled by ancient aliens, John? No, he's just a rich... Pot smoking, pot dealing. He's selling pot. He's selling bags of pot on the streets. The Mississippi fuck making so much money, making billions of dollars off baggies of marijuana, of weed. That shit you can buy in a store now. Oh, it's funny you should ask. Is it legal federally to do that? To sell marijuana? No. Because the Mississippi fuck is controlling both sides of the aisle. The, the Republicans and the Democrats keeping weed illegal federally, even though it's clearly just everyone's smoking it anyway, so he can still sell it on the streets for a markup. When something's legal, it's just like having a lemonade stand if you sell it on the streets. It's like no one's going to buy that for a markup, but keep it illegal to keep it expensive. He started Blackwater, the mercenary organization that committed horrible war crimes, j- just as a joke. Just as a goof. Jonathan, what does this have to do with our podcast? It's that we got to do the Mississippi Fuck podcast to show, to wake the sheeple up, to expose the the true crimes of the Mississippi Fuck. He's going to keep on shining on me (laughs) unless I expose the fuck. Yeah, Jonathan, you got to show that fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's show him. Let's show that fuck. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Talking to Women about video games. I'm joined by Tanya. It's me. And I'm going to talk to you about, can you just do it without even trying? Is there a point in trying, or are the happy accidents the things that (sighs) make the good things in life happen? This is a painful question for me this week because I've been trying so hard. You've been trying so hard. Tanya has a day job. She works hard. And this week in her day job, she found herself doing the work for multiple other, not just people, but entire departments. And then saying to them, so uh, I found out you haven't been doing any work this year. And they're like, nice job. You've discovered uh, some cool facts that I'm going to use. Thank you for doing my work for me. And and no one being worried about... You know about... what? A lot of people think about that person that does that, though, Jonathan. What a goody two-shoes. That oh. fucking know-it-all press. Mm, is that what they're saying about you? I don't know, but I'm afraid. I, don't... <laughs> I should probably stop trying. Nobody gives a fuck about the person that tries. I've noticed that the person who tries often gets taken advantage of, taken for granted, and also treated as though, well, why didn't you try a little harder? You're the one who tries, whereas the one who just sloppily shows up, and I'm not saying I know this from experience, but I definitely <laughs> do. The person who just shows up and doesn't even try... Oh, yeah, he's so nice. Oh, wow. Well, blah, blah, blah. You know, when you make it look easy and you're having fun with it, 
from not trying, people tend to like you more and want to align with you more. It's surprising. And I learned this lesson when I was 20 years old on MTV's Road Rules, Season 5, The Northern Trail. And this week, such a special episode, we have Tina from Road Rules, who has been on the challenge multiple times. She may be, she was on the challenge season, ooh, All-Stars 2, I think, or 3, I miscount. Tina can't even keep track, you'll find out. We're going to talk to Tina about something she really wants to try to do in the world of video games. Fun. Yeah. I'm here with Tina Bridges from Road Rules, the television show. So amazing to have you on the show. And you were just telling me you've been meditating for 48 hours, Tina? Brother, how are you? I'm good. I just heard you say brother because of a a quick uh, technical snafu. These problems happen all the time. brother. (laughs) Sorry. I know my phone. I think it's the insulation in my house. Why it it keeps cutting out. And then I sound like a like an asshole on these things because it cuts out and I really don't hear everything that the person's asking me. You know, and I just... you don't have to worry about a thing. You being you is all that we need to make this show great. How many shows have you made great, Tina? You made your season of Road Rules great. You made All-Star season three you were on. You might be on season four that's coming. I was on season two for a hot second. Season two, that's right. And how many regular challenges did you do? Oh, God. You know... This sounds like such an asshole thing to say. You would have to ask other people how many I've done. I, I, I'd have to go and look. <laughs> because they start blending together. Oh, yeah. After a while. Like, my understanding is your season of Road Rules regular. My original season. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the, the OG. That yeah, is dude. A, <laughs> that's a memorable. You know all about it. You know all about it. I was on one, too. It's true. Uh, that is something. You don't forget. Whereas the challenges, it's like a season of being an athlete. And you're like, I can't remember when somebody threw me in the mud or when I kicked that person's ass or when I got yeah. eliminated or not. It, I've heard they blend for people a lot more. So I don't blame you for not well, knowing. I think it's when you get older, they start blending together. But these young cats have sure as hell love to keep their stats and throw it in your face. You're you're one of the athletes. You're one of the the current day professionals, Tina. Dude, you met me. I try. <laughs> Tina, you uh, there there was a lot of people at that road rules event we met at. I know that it was huge. It was fun, wasn't it? And it was super fun. And there was a lot of panelists. They were all awesome. You are the only one I've asked to be on my podcast. You you stood out, Tina, <laughs> and and you're standing out now. Thank you. That's sweet of you. Thank you. It's true. It's true. And we were texting, I think last week, briefly, maybe it was the week before. And you were We've like, been texting for a long time there, guy. Yeah, off and on. <laughs> and you were like, what's up with this VR shit? What do I do? And oh, yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was being sort of a stinker about it. I was like, yeah, VR is not that good. Then I realized VR RV is what we were on in road rules. And oh, it's my God. virtual just... reality. It's a reality show we were on. The fact that you're into VR is like a perfect potential marketing synergy. 
we can oh somehow- my god we've gone full circle we've gone to play <laughs> it's a dad joke i teased it to you in a, in a, in a text <laughs> that i would probably do it did i do okay did i did i swing at that one okay you swang so great tina in all seriousness though if you're interested in vr i think that you as some sort of vr app you as a vr personality could be big because oh go on <laughs> I mean, yeah go on go on because the thing that vr and most tech things are missing is incredibly personable unfiltered hilarious straight talking women it's a bunch of nerdy guys tina is what it is i've been in oh, the so you need a you, so what you're are you trying to convince me that they need more sassy ladies on that on vr and i don't maybe you need convincing but i can tell you in all uh, well you don't need to convince me i'm on there dude it's it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah tell me about what you've been doing in vr what's the experience okay. been like i first was playing with my <laughs> my best friends they call me to pretty much babysit their kids so one of my good friends she was like tina come over hang out well i end up ditching her and hanging out with her daughter because her daughter sometimes is more interesting because my girlfriend loves to just mop her floors all day and I just get bored. Um, and that's the truth. So I was playing VR with her eight-year-old daughter and I was hooked. She took me through rec room. I got to shoot robots and look around. And I was actually building up a sweat. Really? From the, like the excitement? Yeah. From the adrenaline and, you know, like you miss that adrenaline rush. So I like to go on there to kind of make myself feel alive a little bit while I'm in my home. And I've been climbing Mount Everest. In VR? In VR. So, well, not climb. Let's just say I go to the summit and look around. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the actual climbing part. I don't know how no, that's no, good no. for you. <laughs> no, no, that's why VR is perfect for a person like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tough, right? Yeah, Tina, you you remind me of me so much, but it, more interesting. You're like a more interesting woman, me, because I self depreciate all the time. I, I am not one of the Mark Longs, uh, one of the original incredible Road Rules hunks. But you kick ass on those shows, Tina. You I don't know, know about you... that. I don't know about kick ass, man. I mean, I'm not genetically superior. That's for sure. I just try to keep up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I can do. I just try to keep up. Yeah, I think you kick ass. You're too humble to to say it yourself, but you don't get kicked off on the first show. You you make it for a while. You beat people at things. You're good. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm pretty tough. I know that I'm resilient and I'm tough, and that's what I learned time and time again doing these things. Yeah, and you adventurous. Know, I... You you like are willing to take a chance on something weird, and you love solving puzzles, Tina. I see you on Twitter being like. Throw some puzzles at me. I got to yeah. get smarter. I got to get because the challenge these days isn't just hitting people with pugil sticks like American gladiators. It's also like doing Sudoku and Tetris all of a sudden. I know. And then then, then you got all the muscle heads all pissed off. It's not realizer. It's like, ah, for people like me, it is. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Deal yeah. with it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're interested in all that stuff. So I sincerely mean it when. I think there is a way for you to become a VR personality. There are Dude, streamers. I like this. Do you? I do. I really do. I mean, I saw that VR that has like VR chat. 
-hmm. haven't done anything like that. I've definitely gambled (laughs) (laughs) and met some people through gambling. Uh Um, But anything else? I mean, I've thought about like, that'd be cool to like virtual reality, meet people, hang out freaking i'm on my couch you're on yours but we're still interacting exactly dude if i had that shit for covid covid would have been better yeah absolutely uh when you didn't have any choice and you think about why people watch the shows you're on it's because they want to have what they call a parasocial relationship like i'm interested to hear what kind of fans you've got i saw you with some of your fans it was such an incredible sight i talked about it on the mike lewis podcast a little bit uh, somebody who does a show about people who've been on the shows we've oh, been I bet on. Mike Lewis. I love yeah. him. Yeah, yeah I he's bet. a dope dude. Yeah, he's super nice. He's super nice and just loves, he really is. loves this stuff. Uh, I was talking to him about how when you were with the fans at the meet and greet, it didn't look like someone with an entourage. It was just like, I'm going to compliment you again. It was like the friend everyone likes the most because we have all got friend groups and there's almost always one friend who's like, the one everyone just is there for more than the others. And you just treating everybody like a human being, enjoying everyone's company, asking them about themselves, but naturally being the vivacious uh, (laughs) spotlight person that you just, you don't try to be. That's why they picked you for the show in the first place. You're just, it's just who you are. You've got a talent for expressing your personality. VR needs that. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah, tell me more. Not everybody likes it, you know? I mean, I ruffle feathers. Because, you know, there's a lot of bad characters out there that they just want to see you cut down Mm. because they're miserable. So it gets exhausting. Yeah, big time. But what I loved about the environment I was in with you, it's in my off time. And that is me. Like Mm. you met me as crazy as I am. I am down to earth. I'm not perfect. I don't expect other people to be. I'm just me. And it's okay. It's more than okay. It is what genuine relationships are made out of like some people are really good at being on all the time and then when they turn off it's like who are you you're just you and that's what people yeah i mean and there are a lot of bad actors dude have you seen these shits lately (laughs) i don't know them personally i just have to guess yeah get to know them and then you'll it'll open your eyes a little bit more uh, Oops, was that too much? No, it was just right. You just the, the there is a stand-up comedian named Judy Tanuda who played yeah. an accordion growing up and sometimes you sound a little bit like Judy Tanuda and it like I love it so much. I love I, yes, she's funny. <laughs> yeah, she's real. Yeah, she she yeah, gets like she's deep fun. in it. I loved her. And then she would she, yeah, she would oh, did she have a cigarette in her mouth? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, every once in a while, you just get, uh, you don't do it on purpose, but you just get a little tenuta all of a sudden. Yeah, and I'm like, find yeah. my inspiration. I get that inspiration in there. I knew I pulled it from somewhere. Yeah, maybe, maybe subconsciously. Where I was going was people paid money to see you talk and then hang out. If you were just hanging out in VR and people knew where to get to you and just hang out with you, even more so if we recreated the the road rules VR. I mean RV. Oh my VR. the van? Yeah, and like did all that. Like, what if there was missions? I talked to MTV. Oh my god, you are brilliant. Ah, oh, for sure. I'm hopeful. Uh, hello, I... Mr. Egghead. Somebody's got a good idea here. Ding ding ding. Anybody? Any takers? Come on, I... this is a good opportunity. 
Uh, now that we're talking about it, I know the guy who makes games for Nickelodeon. He made the Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Nickelodeon's owned by Paramount, I think. I can try to connect the dots. It's possible that we'll be able to line it all up. Because at the very least, as you know better than me, there's these like passionate, hardcore folks. So even if the yeah. game didn't sell like 20 million copies, if like 500,000 people got in there and enjoyed it, and you know paid some fee for the software and whatnot it could yeah, still make its that, money back yeah well and then also that would give cast members longevity mm. when their bodies give out so that will be a nice supplemental income for these guys that have you know they pretty much banked their whole life on this and mm. they didn't think long term so i think any opportunity for cast members or anybody to be able to live comfortably I'm mm -hmm. all for it. Dude, yeah, I'm true. in on this with you. I know, I remember talking to you about this and I'm all down. Let's take this offline. I love this idea. Let's develop this shit. I'm in. I'm so glad you're in, Tina. To, to, to make you the, the face of it, that's what I'd want to do. And we'd call Mark Long. We'd invite yeah, Mark. Yeah, we got to have that OG How in there, not? right? And you saw him like wrestling recently. Is that right? Oh my God, it's, inc <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible it's so fun you know i'm just out to have fun dude that shit and he it was uh against a big wrestler too oh yeah 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 and he was uh it's rare to see mark next to someone the size of mark the size of him i know i tried to i try to take pictures next to him and i'm like mark i want people to really see how big you are mm -hmm. compared to me <laughs> Because, like, I don't think you really grasp the size of that man until you, like, meet him in real life. <laughs> yeah, on TV, you compare him to other people you see on TV. Other big guys. But, yeah. man, you meet him in life. He's, like, towering. He's a yeah. big dude. Yeah, tall, tall and strong. Wrestlers, too, their bodies give out. And they master expressing their personalities through their field. But then what do they do with it when they're, when they're older? Correct. Reality show folks. And uh, I don't know if we want to go this far, but I was talking to to some of the people who listened to this show earlier today about the parasocial relationship people have with porn stars. And it sounded a lot like some of the stuff we've done, like how people feel like they know us when you were talking before about haters. Wait, 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 back there. People. OK, what is this about porn stars? Porn has changed, Tina. I'm old. I didn't notice while it was happening. But they're these no, days... They're no longer whacking into magazines and sticking the pages together? Where have I been? My God. The magazines talk back now. People go into chats what? with... Well... With... I go to VR into a, in an RV, and then there's some dude whacking <laughs> off right there in the RV. Where the fuck are we going with this? That's only... You know, when we're in our 80s or 90s, we've okay, got yeah, nothing else to lose. Like, we just need to dude, pay off the nursing home a little bit. You got to do what you got to do. You've lived life this long. Might as yeah. well go and have it. Consider that your champagne toast. Skate, skate. That's <laughs> that's one heck of a toast. Yeah, the the uh, the champagne cork popping off is, is what you're yeah. implying. Yeah. Party of one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that may be my job someday in my 90s. I may be popping on the VR headset for hey, the ancient you, if, Road Rules fans to to look at me and, and enjoy yeah. me in that way. We'll see. 
talk to you about the experience. Like, oh, there goes my dog. <laughs> What's oh, your dog's God. name? Duke John Wayne. Nice. <laughs> so, so we call him Duke and I call him Dukey because he can be a little stick. Hey, come here, baby. Sorry about that. No problem. We've solidified the idea, Tina. I'm happy to talk to you about more stuff yeah. for as long as you want, but you've sat on the show with me for, for geez, sometimes. I, I think you promised me about 20 minutes. We've done that. I also wanted to, to say that it's amazing that you were eBaying off stuff for charity. I saw you doing a challenge shirt. I saw you doing, I think, like a half hour call on, on some streaming service with Zoom or something like that. You've been yeah. doing a lot to try to help people. Well, I mean, I think I'm very fortunate and I'm very blessed. And I, I do believe that, you know, whatever you put out there, you get back tenfold. And maybe I, I'm a little bit of a tiger mom and I'm not the most delicate person that, to go about doing that. But I just, you know, I just try to be a good person and, and be good to others. And I, I treat others the way they treat me. Mm. And I think that that's lost in a lot of uh, peacocking around the challenge. Mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. that there's a big, huge lack of respect. And uh, I'm going off on a tangent. This is why I've been meditating. <laughs> you were saying that for 48 hours straight i mean <laughs> I there were know. dr peppers thrown in there and meat and food and shower meat shower food and workout and workout yeah yeah, yeah. tina you're comparing yourself to to all these like diesel i think you're are you friends with about rachel fitness she scares me she would she would throw me into a trash can and, and take me out to the garden. Yeah, easy. she scares everybody. Are you kidding me? She scares the dudes. <laughs> As she should, she, yeah. No joke. And then I love watching these big, like, muscly guys. She takes them through one of her workouts, and they're like, oh, shit. I'm like, yeah, that's my Ray. That's my Ray. She'll beat your ass up. Yeah, she's she's one of the many, one of the the good ones, from what I can tell. But yeah, you're not so not so bad yourself, Tina. I'm so grateful for you being on the show, and I'm happy to take the idea offline to figure out yeah. a way to do the virtual road rules RV VR experience, let's dude. Let's bounce ideas around. I mean, I love this. I I mean, let's just I'm in. Let's just say I'm in. We talked about it before. Let's do this. Sounds At least Tina. let's bounce some ideas around. Yeah, why See not? See what we can do. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Yeah, thank you for being on, Tina. Tina, Tina, Tina. You know, I had met Tina once before. I immediately felt a kinship with her because we were both on these strange reality shows. And uh, I didn't know if I wanted to spoil the fact that I made a decent enough impression on her the first time we met. Should I ever talk to Tina again or should I just let her remember me as that guy she didn't hate that time? Took the risk and she was willing to come back, hang out. We've been texting like every other day since we recorded that bit. She's so excited to make this VR game. Her passion has not waned whatsoever. And actually just had a meeting with a, a VR live event studio today 
more or less on Tina's behalf, just trying to make, make this, it happen. Make it happen because how can I say no to Tina? I'm so excited for her and I'm so excited to potentially be a part of this if we can get it off the ground. So more to come, I hope, on that. But we are putting a lot of work into it already, at least a lot of mental work. Mm. And that kind of goes against what my original experience on reality TV was anyway, which is I didn't try at all. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> in some ways, I decided to do it wrong a few times to be, in a sense, rebelling against what was expected of me by MTV, by Buna Murray. I sort of sucked a little bit sometimes. I feel almost guilty about it. But at the same time, I was expressing who I really was as a 20-year-old weirdo who was reading tons of video game magazines. When I was on Road Rules, I was just basically blanketed in PSM and Game Fan and <laughs> Game Pro. They were like, this isn't really good filming. No, they were like, can you stop just reading about Resident Evil 2 for a minute and interact with the other sexy people in their early 20s? And I was like, <laughs> no, I just want to think about Tomb Raider and Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, you did jump and swim, and I think you got in trouble for swimming. I did. In the, the, our very first mission, we did a six-person bungee jump, and they said, get the duck. There was a duck in the river. Why did I do this? Why did I think this was safe? So we bungee jumped and then they let us off the bungee cord and then I immediately jumped into the river to get the duck and destroyed the microphone. And they said, good filming? That just cost us maybe $300, but it'll make for good TV maybe. And I was freezing cold. And uh, oh. I guess that was trying in a way. So maybe trying is the way to go. In the video game world, the big question for me this past week about trying versus not trying has to do with Link, who does not have a last name, I don't think, from the Legend of Zelda series, the star of each and every Zelda game I can think of, despite the fact that they're named after Zelda. You know, some Zelda games don't even have Zelda in them. Link's Awakening, where Link awakens and walks around on an island full of weirdos. Mm -hmm. Zelda doesn't show up once. Wow. No Zelda in that one. But Link is there every Link, time. it should be called The Adventures of Link, but that is actually the name of the second Zelda game no one likes. So they couldn't keep using that name because people didn't like that game. Link's testicles appeared. Oh. For the first time in my life, in an official Nintendo product... Link was fighting a giant one-eyed pig man called a Hinox, and uh -huh. Hinox bopped him, and he went flying, and this just sticks his ass straight into the camera. Wow. Just, uh, uh, what's the, the rap lyric? I don't swear so much so often. I'm afraid of seeming like a threatening man when I swear, but just coming out today with the Mississippi fuck and, and, and Link's uh, head down, ass up. Yeah. That's the way he likes to fuck? Is that how the rap lyric goes? I don't even know if it's a rap lyric. I, but then someone must have rapped it at some point. point. yeah. Or it's a rhyme, to, waiting a, to be rhymed. Yeah. So he sticks his ass right into the camera, and you see testicles jiggle. Just for maybe one second. But a true testicle jiggle, a, a symmetrical... I need to see this. Yeah, I should have shown it to you. I wonder if it's not too late. Uh, real live Googling. I'm going to see Link testicle jiggle. What do you get? It's probably just going to be a lot of porn. Link testicle tears of the kingdom. 
Oh, yep. Kotaku wrote about it three days ago. <laughs> three days ago. Tears of the Kingdom fans think they see Link's well-endowed package. Oh, yeah, that does look like a package. Yeah, that's that's unmistakable. Yeah. Uh, when I mentioned this on Twitter.com, people immediately said, oh, that's just a trick of the light. But isn't everything in a video game a trick of the light? Isn't Aren't light and shadow, like, uh, created as opposed to occurring in video games? Well, that's the thing. And uh, Kotaku is continuing to write about it. I'm not going to read it now. But people have um, apparently tried to uh, myth bust this. Oh, is this a live video of oh, it happening? Oh, there's so much going on. Yeah, I mean. Oh come on! That that's, is testicles. That's testicles. That it's is just... testicles. Yeah, hundred percent. But people are going on. It's not really testicles because it's virtual. It's a it's a mistake of the lighting engine that automatically lights things in certain ways in certain times, and the lighting engine accidentally made testicles. Wouldn't you think the lighting engine would recognize the shadows of the testicles? You want a, a lighting <laughs> engine with a testicle recognition <laughs> aspect to it. You know, I have testicles. I don't know if you knew. I don't talk about it a lot. It's not something I'm proud of. What? But I'm not proud of my testicles. I'm not ashamed either. Oh, okay. okay. Rather uh, nonchalant about them, neither here nor there. If they that's were to... better than being ashamed or proud. Overly proud <laughs> testicle guys are ones to, in my opinion, avoid. So, uh, where was I going with this? I was going to try to sum up because I've gone on quite some time about this. I think that the testers and this game was in development for many years must have at some point seen the testicles because this is a common enemy. It's an outfit you get. Uh, it's not like a weird outfit that's very hard to get. Uh, it is not one of the ones you need for the main quest line, but it's still an outfit one gets in Tears of the Kingdom if they like to collect things. And it's in broad daylight. It's a common time of day for the things to be lit that well. And see those balls? Yeah. The testers, I theorize saw them and said, don't tell anybody. Leave those balls in. And actually someone who works for, I think, Riot Games said, yes, I believe that that also happened. If I was testing a game and I saw those balls, I would say, don't tell a soul, that's hilarious. And it's not worth the amount of money it would take to tweak the engine to make testicles disappear. It costs money to make testicles disappear. So why spend it? And also, why why would you want to make testicles disappear? Can't Link just have anatomy? Yeah, well, no. Because if it was known, the game would then be rated M for sexy testicles. Oh, it's a, it's look at a, these bouncing balls. Yeah, this is too sexy. He's Those... got big balls and she's got big balls. That's another song. That was. He's got the biggest balls of them all. They just let me listen to that when I was 10. Just thinking about testicles for a long, long time. A lot of ball songs. Balls to the Wall is another one. Uh, enough out of me, enough about that. Interesting to wonder whether the testicles were intentional or accidental. Regardless, they are a feature, not a bug, and I truly hope that they do not get patched out. Check those testicles out yourself. And check out Casey Explosion. Okay. Who's back to talk about a subject I didn't expect this time of year. And Casey wowed me yet again. Ooh, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> She's got a heart of goodness. She is a sloth. 
And when it comes to video games, she really talks. She really does talk. Back again with Casey Explosion. Couldn't be happier to have you on. Casey, what have you been up to? What's on your mind? Oh, many things. But um, right now, uh, happy Halloween, by the way. It's Is it Halloween now? It it is. It's how ha- I I decree it. So <laughs> that's I'm so wonderful. I'm sick of Christmas. I'm sick of Christmas. <laughs> Keep it, you know. Pe- people always complain about Christmas getting earlier and earlier every year. True. And I'm a little sick. Of people complaining about Christmas getting 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 so early. It's 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 always really been been that way, but. Instead of trying an uphill struggle to to kind of get away from like Christmas starting in, in October or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. Let's apply that to logic to Halloween and it's like, happy Halloween. <laughs> well, I, I don't know enough about the holidays in your nation and your country, but right now in the United States, they've just finished up their 4th of July stuff. Yes, and... I've, I've I've heard this. This this is where I was um, getting getting the idea. Uh, oh, is that for, right? for Halloween Halloween in July because um, apparently in the states, from what I have heard, um, the next major holiday after the Fourth of July is Halloween. Therefore, soon as soon as Fourth of July is o- is over <laughs> with, just launch launching into the horror movies and horror games and the Halloweenies and. Spooky goings ons. <laughs> I couldn't couldn't be happier about it. I don't know of it to be fully in practice, though. Now that I'm jogging my memory along with you, I'm remembering using the restroom to rest at the YMCA. I don't know if they have those in Ireland, but it's the young. I do believe they do? Oh, it's not. I, I, I don't. I don't know. They are for young men, I guess. But I see women in there all the time. So hopefully you would be welcome. You should be. And I was in there resting and I heard a man say, Halloween in July, huh? And a woman say, you bet your sweet bippy, which you don't hear every day. And I, I that's all the details I got. I have no idea what Why happened is a next. bippy? <laughs> I think... She was quoting Ruth Buzzy from the American television comedy show, if you want to call it that, Laugh In from the 60s or 70s. Uh, we're, we're going down a road. This is, this, this is before my time, Jonathan. And Probably I know, for the best. I, I know you're a little older than me, but I don't think I don't think that's you're that old either. Oh, you? I am. I'm old enough. You're not old enough to remember the 60s. No, but it, it went on for a while laughing. Laughing, I could go on. I'm not going to go on because I'd rather go on with you and talk about, about Halloween. Those, about Halloween and those video games. Yeah. yeah. So last time last time I was on here, we were discussing kind of work simulation type games. We we're doing a lot of a lot of that. Mm. So I was I was talking about SnowRunner and Power Wash Simulator and mm-hmm. Deep Rock Galactic. All right, and those kinds of games and Hard Space Shipbreaker, which is oh, always a mouthful yeah. of mouthful of a title, 
brilliant game. Absolutely brilliant. Sounded so hard, so surprising with its death and some horror elements to it, I think. A little. It's mm-hmm. it's a bit it's a bit dark in its satire of capitalism. Mm. I think that's that's part of the appeal sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think a little darkness juxtaposed with comedy with lightness makes both flavors come out even better. I think it goes even deeper than that and I think both horror and comedy are tied together in ways that are people don't think about that much mm. but for good comedy and for good horror, it has to surprise. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There's a buildup of tension. There yeah. is expectation of what can happen. And then defying those expectations with... Subversion. Subversion. Thank you. Much better way of and putting it's it. And it's a, it can be surprising. And it can be surprising in a way that can result in a laugh or a scream. Or both. That's right. Which is often the case. A lot of horror franchises that have been around the block a little while, kind of, they kind of lean towards comedy after a fashion. Um, Mm. Like last year, I had a a marathon of all the Chucky movies and the the first season of the Chucky TV show. Mm hmm. Um, Because I was trying to I was trying to find where online I could watch these and with streaming services being the way they are, like there was maybe like Netflix only had Child's Play 3, like in my country as well. So you've, you've as well as di- different streaming services, you've got regional issues where they won't have licensing rights in certain regions. And it's, and I looked it up and it was cheaper just to buy a seven movie box set mm. on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I had a whale of a time. So the first movie, it it it's actually still quite scary. Mm, mm-hmm. It's it's actually a a much more. It's played a little more straight, mm-hmm. and then from the second second onwards, there's more of just Chucky just being a little shit for a laugh, <laughs> and it leans into complete farce because mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do with horror. Before it gets to the point of farce, mm-hmm. how many times Freddy can come back from the dead? Mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street def- definitely is another one that kind of leans a little into the a little into the comedy. That Nightmare on um, Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth? I always mix those two up. Nightmare on Elm Street is Freddy Krueger. That's right. And Friday the Thirteenth is Jason Voorhees. And they met once and and had they did. a farcical um, time. They had a, a very silly movie uh, directed by Ronnie Yu, who did, who also directed um, *Bride of Chucky*. Oh, really? Yeah. How do you like that? What a what a perfect fit. The thing about Chucky is he is a small doll that yeah. you can just kick. Like his yeah. all all of an adult's limbs are longer than Chucky's, and Chucky fights with a knife uh, he is a muppet basically he is not harmful the first one as i recall works with that feeling so many of us have that the people who can help us don't listen to us 
So the kid mm. is like, Chucky is uh, talking to me. He's going to kill. And the the parents are like, oh, come on. And then the mom starts yeah. to wonder, if I remember correctly, it's been a while. So the fear and tension for me came from that feeling of asking for help and people not yes. believing you. Uh, and then after that, Chucky becomes the the lead and the protagonist even of some of the movies. So that's not yeah. going be scary it's more for fun at that point but making a muppet a dangerous thing in a game is a risky move and uh i'm glad that they continue to take the risk chucky is still going going now and now there's yeah, this new game he's got a tv series that keeps going it, it i thought that that'll last a season nope uh, it, it found its audience which is such a delight for me and this new game everyone's talking about is my friendly neighborhood i haven't played it yet i can't get a bead on if it is genuinely scary or if it's more of a farce or somehow both it's not a very scary game by any any stretch mm. but it is it is a very it leans into a lot of old school survival horror tropes and gameplay so i think what some people expect when they when they see this it's like oh evil puppets evil muppets rather mm -hmm. it's, very, it's very it's very sesame street mm -hmm. and i think what where some people go wrong with their expect expectations of this game is that it's is this another five nights at freddy's type mm -hmm. game where it's lots of like it is a twisted and evil kind of thing and it's it's not really that it's much more it is a much more whimsical game it's a much more whimsical take on the whole kind of childhood thing but what if what if horror mm -hmm. it actually feels a lot more close to the childhood kind of kind of like whimsicalness there's no blood or gore or anything like that and if if you get caught by the the muppets in in the game they kind of they kind of just like try to give you a hug and kind of jostle you a little it's not that it, it doesn't really it doesn't really have that that much of a sense of danger hmm far the far the character you know it's just, it's just way more whimsical is is definitely the 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 core of us hmm. i mean you're you're fighting like you get weapons to defend yourself with like you start off with a you get a wrench and you can thwack them a bit and um Later on, you get a a gun that is loaded with post-it notes. <laughs> some some sort of it looks it looks like a filodex, a rolodex mixed with a revolver. Uh, it's this bizarre looking. It it looks bizarre, and when you shoot it, the letters fire out and they're like solid. Oh, interesting! Like how in yeah. Sesame Street, there's often like a big letter b or something and then they'll sing about it or something yeah you, you actually hit them with like physical letters from the alphabet yeah <laughs> and um, they don't like it they don't like it. it'll it'll they'll they'll take a few hits and then fall over and be inert for a time you you can't kill any of them mm -hmm. it's it's not quite that type of game so if you come back to an area they'll they'll be up and about again and they'll they'll want a hug <laughs> and in order in order to avoid getting getting hugged again and jostled around a little and knocked over um kind of you kind of have to avoid them a little or if you have spare duct tape mm. just just 
a roll of duct tape will will render them inert for a while. They'll still they'll still be chatting away and and talking away, and it's like it's it's got a lot of um, survival horror trappings without any of the without any of the blood and guts or mm-hmm. or such. And it's it's such a marvelous game. It's um. I'm a few hours into it. I've gone through a few, a few, few areas. So gone, gone through the main, the soundstage area, and I've just come over this, the, the, the basement level. It's a really good Resident Evil kind of, whoa, kind of game. It is. It's fantastic. Like in the first area, it even, it even has like, like roaming bosses, kind of like, like the way um, later Resident Evil games, like from, from seven onwards, would have like a sort of a sort of roaming boss that you would a nemesis type character that you would encounter in a certain area and they will keep after you and you can't really get rid of them you just kind of have to avoid them and so for the first area the sound stage you're you're trying to avoid this um this very large big bird type character and uh it's 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 marvelous it's so it's lovely it's very funny mhm and then when you get into the sewers, there's a sort of Muppety. He looks like Gritty. You know, you know. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah, he looks he, he kind of looks like Gritty. And he'll he'll pop out of the the various pipes. He's like this um mechanic called Ray. Pops out of pipes. Why are you in the I, sewer? What, what that's not what I expected. I, I expected you to go to various sets i imagine they could use the premise of you are at the place where they shot this tv show to bring you to different environments that look like they were supposed to be entertaining in a tv show i used to watch a lot of sesame street yeah sometimes you go it's it's in the basement so there's there's like a bit of sewer a bit of like kind of kind of backstage area and kind of stuff where they store things and like locker rooms and all all this kind of kind of Mm. Kind of stuff that you might expect in 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 a studio, like behind oh. the scenes. Yeah, interesting. And I get the sense that a lot of these games that try to subvert the creepiness of a lot of kids shows and make it overt. Yeah, they they want to say like behind the sweet exterior of these Muppets or Barney or something. It was evil. But what you're telling me is these guys are just they're loving misguided muppets that just like shake you and hug you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's subverting the subversion. Yes, that... that's exactly what it feels like. It, it mm. like I think somebody going in expecting something like like a a Five Nights at Freddy's or a um that sort of like very intensely jump scary heavy kind of thing would be very very surprised at at the content here mm-hmm. um, and you said like resident evil which i think of as quintessential survival horror mechanics mm. even though the frankly i don't find those games all that scary to like look at the atmosphere yeah. of them is is very hokey which is fun for me I laugh yeah. at Resident Evil more than anything else during the cutscenes and whatnot, but that juxtaposition again between the comedy and then playing it can be very tense. Yes. It's a, it sounds like because these Muppets can't die, 
I am assuming you have a limited amount of duct tape. Yes, unlimited ammo. Mm-hmm. Oh, unlimited yeah. health as well. So like if you if you if you get jostled around a bit too much, it, it's gonna be like a, a game over and you have to go back to the wherever you last saved. It it has gotcha. like a, a save token system, like like the ink ribbons in Resident Evil. Ah. It has a little bit of tension in that sense that there there are stakes, but it but it's nothing 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 seemingly too violent. We don't there is no death. Yeah. Really, just it, kind of just it, just a failure state, and mm-hmm. I am having such a marvelous time with this game because it's it's like it's a Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. It has all these kind of trappings of the genre that I really love, that I really enjoy. All the puzzles and everything, mm. and kind of like if you look at the map, the map screen is it's straight out of Resident Evil. Oh wow, yeah, and I saw the inventory screen looked very much like yes, Resident Evil you, Four, the like the briefcase. Yeah, the attaché case. You you have that. Like I think I think the character you're playing is like a mechanic who comes in, who gets called in to shut down the broadcast, and I think it's like a toolbox. Hmm, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, and so often in games like this, you are there to clean things up or fix a problem and whatnot, but it's not overtly stated this time they're coming right out and saying it. And as you're talking about it, I'm picturing that this is maybe a literal kids game instead of looking like a kids game, but then making it scary. They are instead just making this a game that 10 year olds could play without getting too disturbed. Like it, yeah, I, like I a, would. I would not. Yeah. I would not hold back a recommendation for kids because, I I know I know a few parents whose whose kids are obsessed with horror games. A little little maybe a little bit too too young of an age. Sure, but I think being being that that age, it's it's that forbidden fruit of I know I shouldn't be liking the the scary thing. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of um, friends who have kids and they're like, I have one 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 friend whose kid was obsessed with Five Nights at Freddy's mm-hmm. at a very young age. And some of those games I personally wouldn't recommend to to kids because, you know, they're they're genuinely scary things. But uh, yeah, my friendly neighborhood would be, you know, there's, there's nothing really overtly gory or violent really happening. It's it's. Mm-hmm. It's charming in in that sense. Gives me so much hope. A lot of the YouTubers my child likes have recently switched to trying to win people over with death and horror. So their thumbnails have gone from like, I survived 100 days in Minecraft as a pig to I ripped Sonic's heart out. I was stabbed. (laughs) This other YouTuber is dead, and it'll show them in like a coffin. They're not actually dead. Uh, skibbity, uh, they're all doing skibbity oh, the stuff. Skibbity toilets. All of a sudden, those are marvelous. They are disturbing, <laughs> and just... and not for kids in my mind. But the the kids YouTubers are all lobbing on to this kind of horror, and I will be so mm. relieved as someone who doesn't want my child to have nightmares for years if they lob on to this scary because it's tense but ultimately not disturbing brand of subversion of subversion horror that this Mm. my friendly neighborhood seems to represent yeah it's it's a it's a 
such a fascinating game. Mm. Having a great time with it. Highly, highly recommend it. Um, what else have I been playing lately? Uh, one, one I would definitely say is not for kids. Uh, amnesia, the bunker. Have you? Oh, have there's you a new amnesia. There is a new amnesia. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, and again, it subverts expectation a little in the sense that they've given you ways to defend yourself this time. Huh. It's not simply hide from the monster. You can kind of defend yourself a bit. You have weapons. You have ways of of solving environmental issues and like let's say bit of survival horror bit of a immersive sim hmm. in the sense that you can go about things in different ways like let's say there is a door you want to open roll a barrel of explosives in from a different area or you could find a brick and throw it and it's, ah. it's like we can set fire to things and there are rats that you can throw food at to distract them i wasn't a fan of the whole hide from the monster genre mm. you're defenseless you can't fight off your assailant and i didn't find that all that fun mm -hmm. so i find it a lot more tense if you can defend yourself it gives you a sense it's not an, a sense of empowerment since in, in survival horror, your weapons are often very limited. Mm -hmm. Just because you have a gun or you have a weapon doesn't does not make you empowered. You're you're still very disempowered, but you got a couple of bullets. You could you could conceivably defend yourself. And that tension I really love. Yeah, I agree. I think that. When your only responsibility is to hide, unless they can continually think of fun ways or surprising ways to do that, it becomes a responsibility that's too simple to have too many unknowns to it. The very first hmm. clock tower, which I was excited to see, is being re-released and translated yeah. in English for the first time. That was so weird because it felt like a point and click, but then I was getting murdered all the time. Hmm. So that did a good job at giving me so many unknowns, giving me something I thought I understood, the point-and-click genre, but then it was suddenly this, at the time, brand-new hide-and-survive genre really worked for me. Amnesia I always liked because it was coming off of a time when I had gotten exhausted with how action-oriented Resident Evil had gotten. Yeah. But, but now Resident Evil has gotten tense again and limiting again in a lot of ways so now that that's happened it makes perfect sense for amnesia to give you more responsibilities like you need to figure out the way to get through these doors i'm guessing in ways that can serve your resources that are that are yeah. less risky and that's in itself tense and then finding out how to survive with your limited resources again more tense than just thinking well in this game i need to hide behind a wall mm. or something or find a hole now i'm guessing you need to think outside the box more and yeah. and not be sure if you're going to play it correctly and that's scary yeah the only other game i really liked from them was uh soma mm -hmm. i never finished that and i need to go back to it that's oh. the one the underwater one where there's some very creepy creepy monsters yeah and if I remember correctly, a fair amount of questioning 
whether you know what's really going on and if your grasp yeah. on reality is 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 strong so that's a that's spooky that's fun so it's, a, it's a nice little kind of hard sci-fi twist yeah that's right that's right spooky you're you're having spooky fun in I'm july a lot, of, a lot of spooky fun and i've i've been having i've been having a whole year of great horror games tying this back to to the last time you had me on um mm. there's a game called dredge oh yeah yeah that could be another kind of work game if you if you if you think of it slightly you know you're you're doing fishing and you're going out onto the ocean and fishing doing little little mini games and inventory kind of your ship's hold is basically an attache case for fish mm-hmm. and you're playing fish tetris to kind of fit them all in it's, it's just a marvelous game but it's not all it seems it's not a simple no. fishing trip it's it's a horror game as well and once it starts to get uh, dark out oh stuff starts to get a bit strange your fisherman your your player character you might start to see stuff and it could it could hurt the ship and you know if you if your ship gets damaged and you know you've only so much so much hull that you can take damage on before it's before it's game over yeah and it's a very it's it's a very good game because you have that tension of going going out doing little fishing mini games and dredging mini games and gathering yourself up resources and upgrade equipment and fish to sell for profit that maybe you didn't notice how late it was getting in, in mm. the day-night cycle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you want to get fish that are only coming out at night. And it's it's marvelous. It's got this, there's a wonderful tension between this very relaxing, very engaging fishing game and the horror elements. The the stuff under the water is such yeah. a under explored aspect of horror in games i think i remember the first resident evil there's suddenly a shark but it's just yeah. in the hallways if i remember correctly though the the hallways like flood and you're like i see mm. the shark that's a problem but the fact that there's so much you can't see under there and the way you describe dredge it sounds like all the things you can't see at first feel like potential opportunities under there we're gonna make some money we're gonna find some stuff to play fun fish tetris with but then underwater is very scary it is it's a whole other world under there and you never know if you're gonna find treasure or get your leg bit off whenever Mm. you get in the water uh i'll have to check that one out there's also a, a there was a fishing game jam a fishing horror game jam through ludum dar a few years ago and i don't know if dredge came from it but a bunch of fishing horror games did there's one called fishing i was this i I know know i I didn't know either i only knew about it because there's a game called fishing vacation that i might get the opportunity to review at some point that looks like an old game boy game and you can play through it in 25 minutes half hour though there are four different endings that also plays with what lies beneath, so to speak. So it's a whole whole thing that I hope gets blown up and used more to yeah, another game I was playing. This this I've been swimming in great horror games. 
<laughs> I'm so, so glad you a, did it. There is another there is another horror game that I played this year that was an absolute treat uh called Stasis Bone Totem. It's the kind of uh sequel to a previous game called just called Stasis. Mm. And it is an isometric point and click adventure and it had these wonderful kind of 2D pre-rendered backgrounds and gorgeous to look at great atmosphere and i really liked that game interesting stasis and then bone they, totem they they came out with the sequel now this year mm-hmm. and it's like oh wow oh wow i have i have to get in on this and the the central premise is in the in the first game you played it you had you controlled a single protagonist in this one you have three protagonists a husband and wife team who are like um ocean salvage crew they mm. have a boat and they go out and find ocean salvage to to sell it's got this very dystopian horrifically bad capitalism kind of thing going on and they're 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 desperate and they find what appears to be an abandoned oil rig and something has gone very very wrong on on this on this oil rig and they think is this is this going to be good salvage or we're, we're going to have to investigate because if there if there are people alive they might might not get a claim on this on this thing if what if it's not abandoned you know they get they get inside and it's oh there's some horrors in there it's very dark sounds great so much of this is suddenly reminding me of how i feel every time i go online usually in the morning for the first time in the day will i find a bunch of positive fantastic terrors never felt before (laughs) it could be a treasure or it could be a terror i never know and we all experience that i think if you have any level of connection with folks online you don't Mm. know what you're going to find happened overnight did people look at your post and try to get you uh, hated or are you going to find out that people loved you while you were away? I, I, tr- I try to actively, um, I try to actively put people off with my jokes. <laughs> well, it's not working. People love you in your jokes, and as they should. And they're, unfortunately, they're awful. They're they're, they're genuinely they're, awful. They're, I try to alienate as many people as I can, and it's not working. No, it's 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 so knowingly endearingly uh, humbly enjoying how bad it is it's that's what makes it good uh, and unfortunately this zoom call is gonna self-destruct in about two and a half minutes casey is there anything you want to give us before we sign off for this time i was gonna rattle out a few more games i was going to mention aliens dark descent mm-hmm. as well because that that's that's another kind of horror game don't know if you've seen this one it is, is it, it strategy. Is, yeah, it's kind of a horror strategy game, mm-hmm. and it does it does something really fantastic in that it replicates the exact kind of tension that the aliens movie did. You are actively trying not to engage the aliens because mm. they are quite relentless, and mm. like a couple of them could really fuck you up. And your your marines are stressed they start freaking out it's like like all of a sudden it's like game over man game over and you you need to you need to keep on top of their stress and manage it and it's an incredible 
incredibly tense game. Whoa. It is. I was not prepared for how intense that game is. Mm, mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I, I can't rattle off as long as I could on that one. But you're, you're always welcome back on. Yeah, maybe during actual Halloween. Uh, not what, to say. What, what do you mean actual Halloween, Jonathan? <laughs> it is actual Halloween. <laughs> I had a feeling you would respond in that, in that way. I'm sorry. I will try to embrace the summer spooky fun I'm having with you. It's, it's called spooky season, Jonathan. It lasts. They wouldn't call it a season if it didn't last for a season. <laughs> An entire three months. I will enjoy these months with you, Casey. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me back. It's been wonderful. That was Casey talking. She's so cool. Hey, Casey, thanks for being on the show. I had a great time. I was so flattered that Casey wanted to be on the show again. And Casey also <laughs> was haunting me with, if you go on Casey's uh, Discord server, you'll get to hear this. Discord now has soundboards. And Casey went through great pains in order to get the sound of one of the wet bandits from the Home Alone series getting electrocuted. <laughs> just oh my goodness. Kept hitting the button like, yeah! Like over and over and over again. Loving, haunting me with the sounds of the pain. And Casey with her sweet Irish accent. Isn't it delightful? He's zapped. You know, just go on about. It was very cute. Uh, Casey, a streamer. Casey, not as rich as I want her to be. I found out this week that some streamers mm-hmm. are charging ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars to play other people's video games as advertisement for two hours and then tweet about it twice. Wow! I can't tell you where I got this information from because I feel a little guilty. I can't stop talking about it, and I was told this in somewhat level of confidence. But I know someone who is talking to streamers about trying to advertise their game, but they don't say they're advertising it. There's no disclosure, like this is a paid promotion. They don't say it during the stream. They might say it in passing, but there's no... Because streaming is not regulated in the same way TV and radio it is and whatnot. You can just have advertisements be the entire product and not tell anybody. Hmm. The FCC is just uh, not involved at all, let alone any idea of, like, quotes, journalistic ethics, unquote. And no one complains. There's no, like, massive consumer movement saying streamers are unethical because they're advertising games and they're in the pockets of the developers and the publishers who are paying them off $10,000, $20,000 to play their game for two hours. Nobody cares. People just accept that it is unethical and manipulative marriage between the streamers who are doing it strictly for the money while pretending to like the games and just lying. And the people who are saying, I don't have a choice. The only way to get any kids to notice my game anymore is to get some streamer to play them. So yeah. I was talking to Jonathan about this earlier and I said, just stream then, just stream. Oh, you want me to stream? Yeah. You want me to, to, to become the problem yeah. for, for cash? Yeah, no. Get that, get that cash, Jonathan. No, no, no. I like doing things with my life that I think are good. Uh, you could be the good sc- streamer. You could be, I almost said screamer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's good streamers. There are actually many great streamers who only play games that they actually enjoy. 
They don't do anything dishonest about it in the process. They do it for the true love of it. I wouldn't mind being that streamer, but I wouldn't get paid as well, probably. And it's also just a ton of work. And you have to. Oh, yeah. Six hours a day of playing video games and trying to be entertaining at the same time. And also interacting with the chat and then making sure that your videos look good and that you're promoting them as well as you can and doing crossovers with other streamers. And on your got to be on Twitch, you got to be on YouTube, and you got to be on TikTok, and you got to be on Twitter, and you got to be on uh, not so much Facebook anymore, but for a little while it was Facebook. It is a full time business that if the algorithm suddenly changes and you no longer show up on uh, YouTube searches and if Twitch no longer features you on the front page, then you're just, your your career's over, even though you didn't do anything differently. So Hmm. I I don't want to get in on it. I would just rather it be destroyed somehow so people no longer do that. So we'll work on that. The whole thing about streamers is they had the presence of it just being something they did for fun that was accidentally, I accidentally got famous, but none of it is an accident. All of it is a ton of manufactured artificial work that they did in order to, for some reason, achieve that goal. Just like those reality shows, Jonathan. What? Yeah. I was on one of those. I didn't try. I I, should have tried, but I didn't. I think that's because you were on an early one. Oh, like the more recent ones? Yeah, I have to guess that the experience of being a streamer and being someone who is a professional reality show regular is pretty similar in that the hustle is constant and the sense of security is never there. Never there, yeah. yeah. So I don't envy those folks. And hopefully Tina and I can find a way to just play video games in VR and goof off and not actually work and get enough money to not die. That's the goal. I mean, maybe that's why we shouldn't have the uh, Mississippi Fuck Podcast, the Crime Fuck Podcast. The Crime Fuck Podcast. Because, frankly, we'd have to really hustle and promote that shit to keep the revenue going, whereas right now we're not bringing much of anything in. No, we got nothing to lose with this show. It's great. We're just having fun. We're just having fun. Daniel gets paid. Yeah, Daniel gets Marginally. paid a, a, a pittance, yeah. uh, but he seems just happy such enough. a small. I know, I'm so grateful paltry, for Daniel. Paltry, paltry. He made some great songs this week too. Thank you, as always, Daniel. And the air conditioning kicked on, so hopefully that didn't mess up the sound quality too much. Uh, we should wrap it up for that reason at the very least, because Daniel might have to apply some filters, effects, and yeah, musical cover it up. Maybe the music's already started. Who knows? You never know. I hope so. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Working on another issue of Nintendo Force, wrote a review for Puzzle Bobble Every Bubble with my 83-year-old mother. So good. Her take on the game is is a delightful one, especially if you've ever had a family member who used to love games but then got too old to play them properly. This is maybe a heartwarming review for you. New comic where I, I did my own version of what the Nintendo Switch looks like as a person. So fun. People think it's all right. People think it's better than Neptunia. You don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm like, It's a video game. On. It's a bunch of girls dressed up like the PS5 and the Xbox 360, fighting with swords and stuff like that. People are saying that I, I neptunia Neptunia. I nep-nepped nep. I out-nepped the nep in yeah, some sense. Yeah. So I hope you check out Nintendo Force Magazine. It's going to be a big issue for me. 
And, oh, geez, something I wrote for Lock On issue 005. They're gonna resell it, and now it's gonna come with a print by, uh, I think it's Yoshitaka Amano, the illustrator for the Final Fantasy series. Hmm. You have some of his art. I saw you have like an art he did of uh, Sandman by Neil Gaiman. That's right. A thing I wrote for is now coming with art that he made specifically for this. That's awesome. So like in terms of degrees of separation, I am now one degree of separation from the Final Fantasy illustrator, which is neat. Uh, look for that on Lock-On's website, or Lost in Cult's website, the Lock-On section. And that's enough plugs out of me. Thanks so much for listening, as always, everybody. And do please check out Casey's interview in video form, as you get to see Casey's amazing VTuber sloth persona talk to me about all the stuff we talked about, but now you can watch it happen. Ooh. I made faces and everything, genuine ones of, of delight and amazement. And other than that, I have nothing left to plug. China? Any plugs? Nothing. No? No. All right. Well, uh, Mississippi fuck, keep on shining on me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that crime boss. <laughs> Just a... keep keep uh, he, bestowing your... He your... bowled on those guys. <laughs> Just picture Michael McDonald getting bowling balls. Oh, thrown. Michael McDonald's head is sort of like a bowling ball. Yeah, it's not small. And uh, he's, he's trying to recreate what is yet to be created, just as I did. And such as you are, and such as we all are, and wish us all luck. And thanks again for listening. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Talking to Women About Video Games is hosted by Jonathan and Tanya, with editing and production by Daniel. Music by Jonathan and Daniel. You can support the show and get exclusive bonuses on Patreon at patreon.com slash ttwav. Thanks for listening. I need to find a hole. I need to find a hole. I need to find a behind. I need to find a behind. I need to find a hole. I need to find a hole. I need to find a behind.
Find a heart. 